a common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line for us, we have James Gagliano. He is a West Point graduate and former Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent who serves on the FBI's Elite Hostage Rescue Team and is a senior SWAT team leader. Welcome to Cats at Night, James Gagliano. Good to join you. I look forward to the conversation. Tell us, what the heck is going on? One of the congressmen, which one, Jim Jordan, was it? Right. Representative Jim Jordan, he says that there was 14 whistleblowers that came forward to him that are unhappy with the leadership of the FBI. They're wary that it's uh, they're they're concerned, actually, that it's being politicized. A lot of the things that are been going on. What's your take and what are you hearing the morale is among agents? Well, uh, you know, I'll say this, you know, the FBI has been around a long time, 114 years in total. Um, and it's it has survived some tumultuous times back during the J. Edgar Hoover era. He was the director for 48 years. And there were certainly some missteps, whether it was illegally wiretapping Martin Luther King and COINTELPRO. And we've mm-hmm. had spies in our midst. But by and large, the organization, while it's not monolithic and, and people have their own opinions and their own views, I can tell you 25 years in the FBI, I never had a political conversation at work. I think what we're seeing now is some some dubious decisions at the top, and, and I can certainly speak to those, whether it's from the director's office, the seventh floor, where the senior executives down at FBI headquarters are in Washington, D.C., and from across the street at uh, Maine Justice, the Department of Justice. I think what we're seeing is further erosion of trust that began in 2016 when James Comey stepped before the microphones during the 2016 presidential campaign and basically laid out why Hillary Clinton should have gone to jail and then used the but no reasonable prosecutor would bring these charges. So you have people now that look at that and look at a number of other instances where it appears that prosecutorial discretion was misapplied. And they're saying, why is the law not being applied equally, John? Well, it's, you know, we don't look the FBI. I know a lot of people in the FBI, the 99.9% great people and loyal, patriotic Americans and want to do the right job. And the Department of Justice leadership, uh, is very political. Yeah. And, and, and should, should the FBI be separate maybe? From the Department of Justice, so the Department of Justice be separate from from the executive office and just and just follow the law. I mean, how difficult it is, yeah, following the law versus doing political uh, aspects of it. John sure, Katzmatidis, I, mean, a, I want. Oh, I want. Oh, oh, I was just going to. I asked the question. Let oh, sorry, finish. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I would say that's a great point, John. Look, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, there's only been eight in the FBI's history, Senate approved, and the attorney general of DOJ are both political appointees, okay? We understand that. One of the things that Congress did after J. Edgar Hoover died in 1972 to prevent potential politicization was that they gave the FBI director a 10-year term so that he would – not have to be subject to a potential conflict of interest with the president. I think it might be appropriate to do that at DOJ. Look, 
I'm not a fan of special prosecutors, but I believe that the attorney general in this case, who was passed over by President Trump and was not given a seat on the Supreme Court, probably should have recused himself in this instance. And whether or not he's guilty of impropriety, I'm not going to make that judgment, but it is the appearance of impropriety, I think, which has a lot of people up in arms feeling again like the law is not being applied evenly. Those are two very uh, interesting observations. That's the, Governor the, Patterson, uh, please tell yes, us. The, the, the 10 years, uh, I think I could support that. And the issue of Garland's appointment to the uh, United States Supreme Court and how that went, uh, it, it may not be that he has any misgivings or he's vindictive, but the appearance is always going to be there because the incident did happen. In law enforcement, you have to have confidence that's being done fairly, even-handedly. There's no double standard. Even, you know, justice for all, evenly. I don't care if you're Democrats or Republicans. It's got to be justice, justice for all. Well, last night, Professor Dershowitz said very clearly that the European model is to separate out the attorney general from the executive branch, making an independent office for these kinds of cases. And it's interesting because in states, we do that. We elect our attorney generals here in New York. And um, and on a number of occasions, we've needed an elected official that the governor couldn't be afraid of to uh, conduct investigations, which may not have happened if it's being done internally. Again, we're speaking with James Gagliano, former FBI. Also, the other point I wanted to bring up to you, uh, Mr. Gagliano, is we saw that it was Merrick Garland that came out and said, hey, I'm responsible for the raid on Trump. Meanwhile, it was the FBI, about 30 of them that went in and noticeably absent during that brief and kind of he looked, you know, tepid uh, news conference that Merrick Garland had was Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI. What did you make of that? I mean, to me, John Katzmatidis, did you think that was did you think that was a good performance that Merrick Garland had when he had that press conference? And no, Christopher Ray was there. It seemed like there's always the, the FBI director in memory always stands next to. Right. Uh, and and, and, and uh, he came out by himself. Yeah. Mr. Garland, uh, uh, Attorney General Garland came out by himself. Nobody surrounded him and said, it's my fault. I'm taking the blame. Right. What did you think, James Gagliano? Well, first of all, there would be no way that in an operation like this, and I know it's been called a raid in, in, in the media, but it's a, the execution of a search warrant that a federal magistrate had to sign off on. There's no way that this would have occurred, this special circumstance where you're entering the premises, the, the residence of a former president, obviously without the attorney general signing off on this and the FBI director. Now, what about the White House? I, I, I like to believe because the attorney general is supposed to be apolitical and the attorney general is not supposed to discuss ongoing investigations with the White House. I'd like to believe and I think that's the way that this probably should have gone. I don't know if there were any private conversations, but let's let, let's just assume let's presume that that didn't happen. I, what, what concerns me is this. The Department of Justice has a policy, a longstanding policy, not to speak to ongoing investigations until they are adjudicated. We will not tell you if somebody is being investigated, if somebody is going to be indicted, or what the determination of an investigation is. In this instance, and I'm not going to blame the attorney general here, I feel like he had to do this and should have done it sooner than a couple of days later. In this instance, he decided to release the search warrant. 
without the underlying fact pattern, the affidavit that is critical. And I know that the Department of Justice is standing by the notion that they don't want to give up sources and methods. They don't want to have this to have a chilling effect on anybody that would have potentially cooperated in an ongoing investigation. The people deserve to know. The people people deserve deserve to know. know. And and because we are in unprecedented times and because fully one half of this country, unfortunately, and it breaks my heart as, a, as someone who spent a quarter century in an agency that I still believe is comprised of the best of the best, it, it, it cannot stand that there is not some – Uh, There's not some press conference held where the American public can learn what the reason is that we went from lawyers at the National Archives and Records Administration and Trump's lawyers having a negotiation about what needed to be done to authorizing a federal search warrant on a Friday and kicking in the doors at Mar-a-Lago on a Monday morning. You just said it wasn't a raid. No, thank you. (laughs) We have to take a break. Thank you so much, uh, 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 James uh, Gagliano, and thank you for your service to our country and continue to speak out for our country. God bless you. God bless America. We're taking a break, and when we come back, we got John McLaughlin coming on, and he's going to tell us where the heck are we with the yesterday's primaries and next week, the primaries next week in New York. Let's take that break. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 